Splendid Radio on Farside TV with my co-host Jeremy Scipio. Going on, everybody. And my old school, old school. When I say old school, I'm talking about before Nissan trucks with ski racks. Old school. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> before Nissan trucks with 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 ski racks. Old school. The homeboy DJ Verrett, man, and uh, he's a he he's a person dear to my heart. Um, first of all, we had got disconnected, and um, I want to say that we did a the far side was doing a show at the Key Club, and I think he opened up. I'm the, where my memory remembers him. I remember seeing him at the Key Club, and I remember seeing him performing, and I remember. And we might have exchanged numbers on social media before, but for whatever reason, the, the key club seems to stand out as a as kind of like a bookmark of where we kind of reconnected. And um, it was kind of amazing to me because, you know, he was the homeboy that went away like in high school. And, and when I mean went away, like he was gone before he finished high school and then I didn't see him until we was like at the key club, you know, at the key club, like, dude, the world had changed. Like when he was back home, how people have like, uh, you know, the, 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 the gold, hell of a gold, uh, necklaces and, you know, this, that, and the other, he was that dude back then, but he just had an old school, some Dickies finger wave. T-shirt, like you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Wow. I knew you did. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I knew you did. And hey, uh, you trade those in. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. You trade his finger waves for some regular waves. Hey, Amen. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> nah, he did. So we're going to get into who he is, but I always like to start yeah. and I always like to revolve it around hip hop because hip hip hop mm-hmm. is kind of it. I knew you, DJ, at the time when hip hop was really like impacting like our culture of what was going on. Like we were in junior high school and high school. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. before you got into hustling, before everything went that direction, when did you remember hearing hip hop for the first time? First time I heard, I was watching Soul Train and um <laughs> I never forget it was, a, it was a Saturday because um yeah Soul Train was on and um you know we heard it but never actually didn't see it until the Fat Boys was on Soul Train. That's the first time I was mesmerized by the by um by these brothers that was rapping. They were big and one was beatboxing. And it really didn't come to the West as you know, it, it was still in its early stages. So that was like in eighty two. Something like that, '82. That's I had a shag at the time, you know. That was back in the day, but yeah, that's the first time I heard, um, you know, actually seen it on television was on Soul Train, <laughs> the Fat Boys. Yeah. So what's, what city did you and grow up in? I grew up in Harbor City and and and, and Lomita, and San Pedro. I grew up in three different areas right there: San Pedro, Harbor City, and Lomita. That's where junior, I grew up at, but but my roots are in Harbor City. And I'm gonna tell you okay. something about Harbor City, man. I'm gonna tell you something really funny. And I I kind of learned this through, you know. I'm gonna give a shout out to the OG homeboy Sam. He you know he's yeah. doing his thing right now, but we we'll see him in a second. But he worked for me for for a long time, a couple maybe two years, maybe two years, three years. And the interesting thing about him. I live in Harbor City and I lived in Harbor City. Like, like that's where I grew up at, like after age seven. And it's something interesting about Harbor City other than the group war coming from Harbor City. You understand me? We got, we got stars coming about of Harbor City. Yeah. Whenever you hear slipping in the darkness and uh, why can't Let's we be kid. friends? And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know low shout ride, out to Howard rider. Scott. Yeah, low rider. Yeah, all that came from Harbor City where the essays and the brothers kind of came together culturally and they just, they really did the thing. Um, but the trip about working with Sam, I would do, uh, he would help me get shirt jobs with different people and we'd knock them out at the warehouse. And um, he would always say, you know, this is my cousin, that's my cousin, this is my cousin. Harbor City was a place where even if you weren't uh, cousins by blood, it was just so tight. Everybody was cousins, man. Like you grew up together. You grew up together. Your yeah. mama would whoop me. My mama would whoop you. All that stuff. It was, it was tough. <laughs> and I, I'll know. tell you something funny, man. I um, did you ever play any sports at the park? Yeah, I did. Play, man. Play everything. Play in the street right there. Tackling out the football. I keep in touch All with that. Bobby Chavez, man. Augie. Mm-hmm. Augie, I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember. Augie's father was a uh, was a baseball coach, man. He gave me my my first nickname, Spaceman. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> at, at the park, right there. Yeah. My, my Buffalo on um, Burger Bills, where the rocket ship was at the park. Yes, sir. 
Yes, yeah. sir. So uh <laughs> tell me this. Um, while you were getting your hustle on, did you ever think about how long you were gonna be able to sustain it, or it was just something that you were doing at the time because you could do it and nah, it was it just was, available? No, nah, it was a way out, you know. Um, when you become a certain age, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say myself, when I became a certain age, you know, um I shit, man, we lived in poverty. Ne never knew it though never knew it you know because again you know um it was no problem to knock on your door you know send that note to the bob store um you know we need some eggs you know miss campbell will give us some eggs or whoever you dig what i'm saying so when you become a certain age it's that peer pressure comes in you know um you know riding huffies or whatever it may be um <laughs> it's like man um i want to wear some nikes versus these tom mccann's you know, I don't like wallabies. I want these. I want these NBAs. You know, um, um, lunch tickets going to Normont Elementary. You know, everybody had lunch tickets. It was a thing of the past. But when junior high came, that summer, that summer of, that summer of '82, hip hop came out. Stuff called crack came out. <laughs> You know, gang banging, you know, people started representing. So it's like seeing my peers getting this money, driving these cars, and we were children. You know, my first car I bought, I was 14 years old. You know, um, 6'9 Impala front back side. Well, it's just front and back, had front and back on it. Remember that yellow one I used to drive back in the day? I couldn't even drive it. Parked that thing on the other first side. First car was the most gangster car ever. Yeah, yeah, six nine pilot, but um, yeah, um, actually, I didn't want to get into the game. I was scared. I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I saw it, but I didn't, I couldn't participate in that because my family's so big in Harbor City, you know. So um, one day a friend of mine um came over to the house and we used to ride bicycles. We used to collect cans and we used to go to the golf course over there, you know, over there and 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 go collect golf balls and sell them back to the pro shop. And um, mow lines around the neighborhood. And he came to my house on a Friday night. I had $27 in my pocket from, from mowing lines and collecting cans because we used to put sand in the can to take them to the recycle. You know, um, he said, man, come on, um, let's go. You know, so he was my cousin too, basically, even though we weren't blood. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so he said, um, so, you know, it's like, Ma, I'm gonna go over to his house. And she was like, okay, no problem. Because... We slept in the same crib as we were growing up. You know, my mom and his mama were, were soul trained dancers at the time. You know, oh, wow. and um, yeah, so um, that's how far we go back. Um, so I, you know, I jumped on my bike. He's like, "No, leave your bike here." Like, what do you mean? You know, we gonna catch the bus? He's like, "No, I got a car." We were fourteen, and he's like, "What you mean you got a car?" And he had a he had a Monte Carlo with with mm. the, with the um. Black Monte Carlo with Bondo, you know, spray, you know, the primer and mm -hmm. um, no passenger window. It was funny. It was cold. So, uh, but he was tall. So we jumped in his car. I was scared. I'm like, where'd you get this car from? He said, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. He said, I sell this right here. I said, what's that? And he told me what it was. I'm like, oh, wow. And he pulled out a wad of money. And, um, we drove to Long Beach and 
that was it right there. And they showed it to me. They told you, are you scared? I'm like, no, I ain't scared. I was scared. I was, I'm a child. <laughs> I've never, I, I never, I never seen this, but you know, when you're around your peers, who wants to be the, you know, the, like a punk, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I took that $27, Greg, and um, they gave me a thing called a one shot. Went to the projects right there. And um, it was it was three and a half grams. My first sale was a C note. My second sale was a C note. My third sale was a C note. And that was, I was turned out right then and there. At the end of the night, I had $827 my first day. How old were you? Four, um, 13, 14. 13. And then 13, you 14, took that. Yeah. So you was in junior high school. So you took that momentum. I was in, into I was high in seventh grade. I was in seventh grade, yes. Um, I'm saying like, so about time you was like, I mean, how long was last like you was in high school? You was like the man, obviously, right? So, so hold no, 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 not the man. Hold on, hold on, real quick. No, it, in Harbor City, it was see, we close to San Pedro, and then it was like there was just a lot of a lot of drugs that came through us through via the port and all that. Like it was like I, I want to say there was a we had a, a bus that went down in our high school, and I want to say there was an undercover something or another and i want to say we probably had about like 40 people that had got busted between like nutrition and lunch they did something where they had summoned people from their classes and they didn't know and somebody had told so i say all that to say drugs were very prevalent you know what i'm saying very. we were front but i'm gonna mm-hmm. tell you something i remember about dj um we we did you have mr campolo Mr. Campolo, yeah. So, so this is okay. So this so is. I got this, my driver's license, Mr. Campolo. This <laughs> is where I, I the trombone. This where I I'm remember sorry. you. Mm. See, I was square as a pack of cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? I was in the punk rock. Yeah, flat top. Oh, yeah, the, <laughs> I was in the punk rock, <laughs> flat top, all kinds of stuff. Greg, you, I remember, I don't know if it was a King of Drags or KO, um, was KOD, KODs, or, yeah, or Sex Jerks, Sex Jerks, or something like that. Yeah, no, nah, we was, we was cool with, yeah, no, nah, we was cool okay. with KODs, those like little dancing okay. gangsters or whatever. Yeah. Wow. And I remember, <laughs> uh, DJ one day, like after class or something, he kind of, because he was just, we was just cool, but we didn't, like, we didn't personally play sports together or nothing like that, but we just had a couple classes. So I remember he went into his pocket and he's like, Campbell, because they because uh, Mr. Campbell used to call me Campbell, my last name. So he pulled out a knot. He's like, boy, you don't know nothing about this, huh? Boy, your pockets, whatever. And I remember he peeled me off like 200 bucks. So it was something that blew my mind. And it was kind of like, you knew what he did, but at school, you never saw him doing no- nothing like that. Like he, it was amazing to me that he still came to school because he was talking about he had the uh, the 6'4 when he was 14. By the time he got to high school, he was pulling up in different whips. You know what I'm saying? With the sounds and... Yeah. The, 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 the two um, 280ZXs, the, um, the, the Cutlass Supremes, the Regals, the Camaros, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I do remember that time. I had... Um, because I didn't have a pencil in the class that time. So, um, Mr. Campolo, you had to buy a pencil. And for for ten cents, so you know he got this young cat with like a thousand dollars in my pocket, 
and I just peeled out a, a big wad of money in the class, like this motherfucker just pulled out a thousand dollars. And I said, I, I don't, I don't have any dimes on me. And um, I, re- I do remember that it was, um, yeah, yeah. So you know, during during that time, you know, um, from my first time being turned out, you know, from the game, um, in order for me to continue, I had to get put on the hood. You know, so I, I got put on, you know, and um, even though I grew up there, you know, my family's there on 253rd and Petroleum, you know, right across from the project. So I, I got put on and um, um, I used to play for the Lamita Falcons and I was small. So um, they used to call me OJ. That's how I got the name OJ because That's I was I small. Remember. Yeah, yeah. And I was a running back. I was a running back. And they like um, every time they had me in that eye formation, give me that ball up the middle. I would never run the route. I would hit them and I'll I'll roll out, hit the sideline, and go up when I played for the Lamita Falcons. And like he runs like OJ Simpson. Like why do you run so fast? And I said, I'm scared to get hit, I'm scared to get tackled. <laughs> you know. And um, so that's how I got that name OJ. So that's what a lot of people knew me as OJ, um, because um, I ran like OJ. They say I, I ran similar to OJ Simpson. So. Um, when I got put on, I wasn't OJ no more. Unless you knew me like Greg, I was, you know, I'm, um, I'm like, I'm like, you know, because of my light skin, um, I got the moniker um, Ghost, you know, which I got tatted all over my body, you know, Ghost. And um, during during this time, this rap music is is coming out, um, you know, with the um, with low profile, the Boogie Boys, Roxanne, Roxanne. We really didn't have a lot on, on West Coast, you know. We had um. Um, Sinise and um, um, Finesse and Sequence. Um, we had um, King T. King T was coming out. King T was coming out. You know, you know what I mean. Coolio was coming out. Um, all these groups are coming out. We're in high school. I think Greg and, um, and Ken, was Kenji, and Kenji, um, and all them. Um, we are all from the same area, right? But we chose different paths. I, I wish I would have went with you guys, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, but um, but but the path I chose was um, um, I, I survived. You dig? What I'm saying so. Um, I'm slanging, um, buying mama's cars, um, paying bills. Moved out the house at 15. Started living at the Rose Motel on on um. On, on um PCH and um Normandy right there. Um still went to school. Um that's what I did, man. And um real real quick, mm-hmm. you were balling, you were living the dream. Like I was too young to really understand what was going on, but I saw you pull out that knot and I understood I understood mm-hmm. that. You understand <laughs> yeah. what made when you I- what made you come to high school though? Like you, you had cars, you, you had, you had your mom's, you had her taking, taking care of it in an apartment. You had, like you was living the dream. Why did you even come to high school? She asked me to finish school. Okay. She okay. Just finish school. And you saw, I know you're gonna go to college, just finish high school. Hmm. You know, I, I, I was a smart dummy. Mm-hmm. No, you you're know. smart. Yeah, smart, a smart dummy, you know. Um, you know when I um when I got put on and all that stuff, man. Um, I got kind of pulled to the side because you know um, I just know how to you know the clients. Shit, man. I would um I would I would take care of the clients. You know the people. You know I had my little spot. 
And so, um, some of the older homies, they they saw they saw that man, and I never put it like this, man. I never liked what I was doing, never, mm. never liked what I was doing. Um, but you know, the older homies, they they groomed me. Do you do you know what you know? Um, it wasn't dangerous to me. It was normal. You dig mm. what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. from somebody on the outside looking in, they're like. It looked it looked fun. It looked exciting, you know, smoking blunts in the parking lot, rolling, going going to McDonald's for lunchtime. Um, but you don't you only see the results of it. You don't see the work that goes in between this stuff. You, you dig what I'm saying? And the only thing people see is money and 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 shit like that. But um, I swear to you, man, um, I never I wish I wish I would have chose a different life. But um, but I was I'm strong enough to to um to have survived that. So. I'm going back to band class, the music, the game, the life. I'm a youngster. Um, um, I had no points of reference. You dig what I'm saying? I had no points of reference because um, everybody where I'm, you know, not not everybody where I'm from has um, to, um, has um, involved themselves in that life, and the ones who didn't involve themselves in, in that life. Um, just like I asked you, Greg, why you never get involved? You said it was dangerous. Mm. I didn't see danger and I saw excitement. You know, mm. I saw excitement in it. You see, one thing about the, the cats I grew up with, they they had their vision. Mm -hmm. If if it was music, they had their vision. Mm -hmm. If it was if it was TV, it was act vision. If they had a, a business, they had a vision. I didn't have a vision. It was like for right now. So that's why I got a chance to watch Greg and Imani and all them and Boot and Brown blow up on the TV while I'm sitting sitting in the day room in the in the penitentiary. So huh. real quick before we go into that, I want to ask you mm -hmm. one quick question. Yeah. Did you have any brushes with the law before you went on your, your real journey? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, Shoot, oh, 15, 15, 15, 16 years old. Um, we we on we on two fifty second and, and Marigold right there. They threw a raid. I sold out. I didn't have nothing else. But one of the homies threw some yayo right there. Police found it. Took us all to seventy seventh precinct. The youngsters on this side of the bullpen. The older homies on that other side of the bullpen, and they're like, "You young cat, you young mother, bloop bloop, you better take this case." So, <laughs> so um, you tell the homie who work it was, he's like, "You better take this." I can't. I just got out of juvie. I'm like, "Fuck it, I ain't got no record." So I told the police, "I hey, hey what you found was mine." Oh, stupid, man. stupid. So I, I, I took the case. They. They gave me um they gave me six months in a juvenile fire camp. I got out that month. I got out that thing, man. The homies gave me my money back. The older homies gave me they, my money back, what I had in my pocket. Um, it was a rite of passage. Yeah. It was a, he a rider. He's a rider, man. That shit has no bearing. Being a rider, what you gonna put on the resume? Oh, I'm a rider, you know. <laughs> Um, so, um, from there, man, so yeah, that, that was my first, that was my first, my first case right there before, um, the second one came on the same goddamn day. 
February 6th. February 6th. 1987, February 6th, 1990, caught the same goddamn case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two different years. So tell us, What's... tell us about the 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 day that you ended oh, up going mm-hmm. going away. Okay, hold, right, hold oh, on one second. Hold for one second. Now, tenth grade, eleventh grade. I'm a senior now. Tenth grade. There's a place. There's a place called Music Plus where you can go buy cassette tapes for a dollar. The song and the instrumental. I had a seven-seven colored Supreme sitting on sitting on Dayton's. Um, Dayton's was the big rims in the in the eighties, right? In five twenties, smoke gray with black half rag. Um, I had humps for the boulevards. I had um, four Pioneer Super um, six um, six by nines, and I had them eighteen inch um, Pioneer. Uh, um, Sarah Vega, um, you know, at the 18s. So, um, <laughs> you know, I had to put um, Loctite on my license plate. This song just came out by a group called NWA called Boys in the Hood. It changed the game. I left <laughs> school, went to Music Plus. And um, that's when we started because actually they're talking about our lifestyle, you know, hustling. Dope, man. Dope, man. Yeah, that's me, you know, rolling cutlasses. So um, stuff like that. So, man, from there, it's like, this is my fucking anthem. <laughs> this is my anthem. You remember that shit, Greg? Come on, man. And, and, um, and from there, um, we used to write little raps and stuff like that, but never took it serious. Um, so, um me and a couple of homies, um, we wrote some songs. I went to a cat named Sap, Darren Sap's house, and um, we recorded the song. Um, it was me and two of my homies, and um, so I got I got this large amount of money. I don't know what to do with it, but this rap thing, and we got some like tight little lyrics and shit like that. And um, we recorded the song on the six inch reel to reel. Um, he lived in Carson at the time, and it, it was him, MC Ren, a, a cat named Antoine. Um, Antoine. Antoine used to sing like Nate Dogg, but back in the back in the day, you know, like mm. in the late eighties. And mm. um, that Tuesday, um, I went and got some work. Um, gave it to my my folks. February 6, 1990, and that's when my life changed. Do you feel like you was, it was like just more about you, or you feel like you was doing this like take care of your people and stuff, or your, your homies, or whatever? Career move. It's career, you know, I'm, I'm in it now. I'm in it now. What else am I going to do? You know, if you really look at it, what else am I, I've been doing this since I was 13, 14 years old. What else am I going to do? I'm pretty good at it. You know, so Great. I started taking the, I started taking the show out of town because it's like, why stay in L.A. when I can go to Oklahoma, mm. you know, Arkansas, St. Louis, you know, where where I can what I spend right here, I can duplicate that five times for the same amount. You might be asking, what's what's the most you had before you went in? A hundred and forty-seven. Oh my god! And, and I had um, and I spent another eighty on on work. 
Dude, 147 back then was damn near like 300 cash right now. Like, yeah, that yeah. was so that, like it was that was when money was uh, worth something. When a 20 was <laughs> a 20 was like a 50. Man, yeah, yeah. Um, when that changed, man, I, I got some work and um, because I was getting them, I, I was getting them kind of dirt cheap. Um, yeah, I'm getting them kind of dirt cheap. And I would take them and I would sell them for 40, 40 G's a pop just to get rid of them. Mm. You know, and um, and I would, so all that hanging out, you know, you start getting a little paranoid. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you don't want, you don't want too many people knowing what you got, you know. And um, so, so the flashy stuff with the Corvettes and all that stuff, um, it's never really, every time I go to the neighborhood, I'll take the Cutlass. You know, you will see me in a cutlass most of the time. You wouldn't see me in that vet. You know, um, so um, from there, you know, um, with that right there, and then what what moms had at the house over there, and then you know, for my overhead, I lost a lot, but I I didn't know what to do with it. I would I could I should have bought a house in Malibu some goddamn well. Man, you had it, but I had no had no direction with it. Was it was it uh? Harder to uh, so or it, was it, it was for to me. Buy? It was for me. It was for me, basically. I was say was it easier to like buy buy things like because you know I know nowadays it's probably harder to buy like cars or houses you know just off that type of money. You know what I'm saying? Well, back in the day, um, you got to understand when I bought that 280 um ZX, you know, the president of Nissan Long and and Long Beach, he was smoking crack, so it was it was not a problem. So. You go to Nissan, you know, give him give him a um half a zone, just chop that thing up and feed it to him, feed it to him. He'll take care of all the paperwork, and um, next you know, he go with the keys uh, to that thing, and and you, and the pink slip coming in the mail. So what? so real quick to to cut on your story for a second, mm-hmm. back in the day, this is kind of how it was. If you was rolling, Jeremy, mm-hmm. you could just show up to these little used. So he was dealing with with Nissan. You could show up to the local car dealership, and if you had bread, you didn't need a license. <laughs> you, mm. you didn't need. You didn't need mm. nothing. You gave no. bread. You got pink slip. You got whip, and you were straight. Mm. Mm. Yeah, my yeah, my cousin PJ. Um, he knew exactly what I was doing because I, I was my I was my family right there. You know, Alfred Scott. He rest in peace. Right rest now. in but peace. That was, yeah, that's my mm. cousin right there, and uh, my real cousin. You know, so um. Yeah, um, so he was he, he knew what I was doing, but he was like, I, I, I ain't fucking with that, mm. you know. But yeah, um, I got in the game for myself in, in order to uh, uh-huh. career move, yeah. change, career move basically. Mm-hmm. No, I understand. So then February 6th, I caught the case. Um, they got popped, they um, they told the feds that I gave it to them, which they didn't have to, you know. And you got to understand all your viewers and everybody and who, who, who may be watching this. Um, that's a part of the game. You know, some cats gonna stay stay true to it. I did, you know. Um, there's many of us who who has, you know, because I knew the consequence. I you never prepare for it, you never know when it's gonna be your last day on the bricks. You dig what I'm saying when you deal with this lifetime. That's why I got these all this stuff on my lips right here from being kidnapped and all that stuff. Um, that's part of the game too, you dig? And um and so um, I caught the case, 
I, you know, I bypass a lot of stuff, but, you know, um, when I caught the case, um, I just turned 19. I was fresh out of high school. I spent 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, uh, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35. He's like, when are you going to stop, huh? 36. I'm going to tell you something dope, man. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking to, to DJ, uh, Earlier, when we were off mm-hmm. off camera, we I was just yeah. talking to him. Just I just wanted to talk to him about the questions and everything. And I shared with him: it's certain people that you come across in life, and you see them. And I'm the kind of cat like when I would go out and whether I was with the far side or just going out to a club or something. Either I see you and head the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> and try to dip out or when I see you I'm just really elated when when I was so happy to see DJ when I saw him at the key club I meet and, and it was kind of crazy because I, I brought him Imani I think Imani remembered who he was Brown didn't know who he was but I was like yo man that's my homeboy you know what I'm saying he'd been away for a while he went and did his thing uh while he was gone and the very impressive thing about DJ is that uh, I've had four people that I've known, two people that I've been around extensively that were gone, not gone as long as he was gone, but I'll say four years, five years, you know, something like that. And the thing that impressed me about DJ is these other cats were institutionalized. They, like their mind was kind of like, I'm not going to say it was sad to me, but it, when I looked at him, I was just kind of like, man, you're out of jail. Like you're out of, you're out of, well, they were in jail. They weren't in prison. I guess that, that, that probably is the thing. And I'm kind of like, man, we got iPhones now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like dudes that yeah, couldn't yeah. even wrap their mind around smartphones mm-hmm. and whatnot. And when I saw DJ, the first thing was just like, okay, I'm happy to see my little homeboy. Like, man, this, this, this is my homeboy. This, this, the dude, he, he, he gave me money. I wasn't even involved in life, but he was just always a good dude. Mm-hmm. But when I talked to him, we exchanged numbers and he called me and he called me and we talked on the phone for a while, but he atoned for what he did. He took 100% ownership and he wasn't mad at the world. And I kind of clicked with him on a level because um, I tell people all the time and not to turn it into my story, but we're, we're going to get to him. But I tell people all the time when my mom passed away, I saw a lot of people get very angry at like how she passed away. And I, I knew that I could have been an angry person and just use that as an excuse to just be like, you know what? F everybody. I'm just, I'm just on one. I'm wild. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The wildest I got was commitment to a woman. I've, I've had issues with that. You know what I'm saying? That's about the wildest I got, but it didn't change me into like this hardened person where I was just negative or whatever. And when I talked to DJ, him going through all those years. And he told me that when we were talking, he's like, dude, I had X amount of birthdays away. Like, man, I had, I turned into a man away. He was like, dude, 
when you guys were 19 and 20 and 21 and out and able to go to clubs and do this, that, and the third, whatever, he was like, dude, I was paying the price for a lifestyle that I lived. And what impressed me was that he owned it and he wasn't sour. Like there was no hatred in his heart. You know what I'm saying? And, and the crazy thing about it, I'm not going to put it on any religious stuff because it wasn't like he was preaching the way a preacher preaches or just whatever. But I don't know if somebody steered him in the direction or whatever, but his conversation to me, even before he put the book in my hand, uh, from life in the maze to an amazing life. Mm. <laughs> I love that quote. Yeah, that's from life type. in a maze <laughs> to an amazing life. He was he was like he was preaching to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But not preaching in a way where okay, you need to do this and don't do that or whatever. But okay, I won't say uh, preaching. I'll say uh, I was just sharing with you. I forget the, yeah, I forget the name, but yeah, but you were sharing your experience with me and it was a maze that you had went through so much, man. And you didn't come back home with this hard and upset and mad and all this. You immediately knocked the dust off. Had because you you shared a couple of situations with me after you got out where you, you know, you you had encountered people that you knew from the life before. And that was amazing to me because okay. OJ comes, or DJ, OJ, I've known this dude forever. He comes from an area where, like, it's a lot of homeboys, like a lot of homeboys, whether they're gangbanging, whether they're not gangbanging. We know each other from the park. We know each other from baseball. We know each other from football. And when he got out, he had told me a couple situations where he was around dudes that was kind of like, not necessarily into the same thing, but their mind was totally different than where he was. And it impressed me because his mind, talking to him, you never would have known he was he had been away. Like his mind was like, his mind was like somebody that I could have met at a bar. We have a conversation. I'm like, dude, I want to do business with this cat. You know what I'm saying? Like he was, he was, he was on it. He was on it like he wanted it. So, um, question: After you were you were in and you did your thing. How did you end up acting and being on the Sons of Anarchy? Like, how did that come about? Man, it's gonna blow your mind. Um, to um touch back, um, to touch on what you with the change that happened. I was I was angry, homie. I was angry. You know, I was pissed the, the hell off. You know, I hated the world. You know, um, I stayed true to the game. I'm a soldier, and then I got to really thinking about that shit, man. What can I put on my resume? I'm a soldier. Hmm. You know, I'm a rider. You know, you can, you can, that shit don't mean nothing, you know, in the real world, you know. So um, there was a man named, um, he was a food service foreman. Um, I've been in the pen for a long ass time, about 16 years already. Um, Naming Mr. Wilson, he was a brother. And he would let me come in to make blueberry pancakes. And so he's like, man, how long you been in prison? I said, 16 years. He's like, when you get out? I said, next year. He said, why are you in prison? I said, the homies told on me. He said, they put people in prison for people telling on you? I'm like, yeah. He said, why are they telling on you? Just because? He said, what are they telling you for? So I said, oh, I gave him some work. And it kind of worked. Like, like you gave him a construction job. <laughs> you know, he was a brother. He was cool. He was an older <laughs> cat. I said, nah, man, that's a damn construction <laughs> job. You know, would you work in a warehouse? I'm like, nah, man. He said, um, I, said I gave him some drugs. Oh. 
He said, so if you never gave them them drugs, then they would never have told on you. Hmm. He said, so what was your what was your part in it? He said, your part was giving them hmm. the drugs and the ugly side of the lifestyle them telling on you, but that's part of the lifestyle all, all, already. So um, I said, you just fucked up my appetite. And I walked, I walked the track. I went and got me a gallon of wine. I went and got me, um, rolled a couple of blunts up, sat on the bleachers and, and thought about that shit and said, man, I can change this. Mm. And, um, and so, um, so from there, man, um, I just made a decision, man. I've been walking, prisons are like a maze, like a rat in a maze. So I'm like, I'm living life in a maze and I'm going to live an amazing life. You dig what I'm saying? But I don't know how I'm going to do it. Mm. But I know that I still have, I'm still having my soundness of mind, but I have to ask the universe to get rid of this bitterness and this anger and look at my part and everything that I do because you got to understand that there's been some arrested development because Greg said when they were going to clubs and doing what they're doing, I'm walking the track, lifting, lifting weights, politics, and set tripping in a, in, a, in a dangerous environment. So um, I had to, had to read some books, man, read some books, not the Bible, but I read, you know, I read some books, man, about positive change and stuff like that. And, and um, it was time for me to touch down. I got out, my cousin, Sam, um, picked me up and um, hmm. he gave me some. He gave me some dress out. I still got that Sean John Valor sweatsuit, you know <laughs> that. <laughs> that, that he, yeah, that he, yeah, that he got me and um, I connected with some cats, man, and said, um, I don't know how to be a man. I look like a man, but I don't know how to be a man. And so, um, at any point, did you think? Uh, you know, I was going to ask, at any point, did you think you was going to get out sooner? No, no. I was trying to max out on the 20 because I didn't want to be on parole. Mm. And so um, they wouldn't let me, they wouldn't let me do it. So I did the 17 and they, and they cut me loose. And um, so I got out after that, man. And, um, and um, connected with some cats, man. The universe blessed me because um, I looked at the world, like Greg said, man, the internet didn't exist. Um, you know, iPhones, all, you know, the 105 freeway didn't exist. Mm. You know, they built, a free, they built a damn freeway when I was in prison. You know, the mm. projects in Harbor City are gone. You know, um, Greg and Imani and all them, they've been hip hop legends for 20 years already. You know, cat, you know, my mom is getting older. My, everything changed, man. So it was like, and, um, never make up for lost time, live in the now. And so um, there's um, um, there's a cat named Thich Nhat Hanh. He wrote a book called um, The Art of Power. So I studied, I didn't read it, I studied the book, The Art of Power. And it's all about this inside, you know, it's how to get out the maze. And um, here, here we go, I'm in, I was, I was in, um, at a coffee shop and uh, when I first got out, I was like 200 pounds. So, Man. you know, they call me, they call me ghost. You know, I got these tattoos of Casper the Ghost on my arm. <laughs> white chick, this, this white chick walks up on me. And um, I had a little, little flip phone, a little um, singular wireless flip phone, pull the antenna out. 
and I don't know how to work this motherfucker, you know. And she comes up to me and says, hey, I like your look. I still had long hair at the time, too, you know. Mm-hmm. And then her husband and then her husband comes up and says, um, yeah, I said, honey, I like his look. I'm like, well, he must want me to hit that or something, you know. I didn't know what the hell they were talking about, you know. You know, a woman come up here and say, I like his look. And like, honey, I do like his look, you know. And I was like, man, so um, it's like, yeah, we were we're casting agents for um a TV show. And you think you can play a convict? And I just start laughing. I I, I don't even been out what a year, <laughs> you know, still on still on probation. I'm like, yeah, I think so. And she said, man, your elbows is ashy. And she went in her purse and got some lotion. Now this is a white chick. She said ashy. You know, white people don't use the word ashy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, so um, she she actually put some lotion on my arms, and she grabbed my arm and saw saw the tattoo of Casper the ghost on my back arm, and said, "That's my name. My name is Kathy Casper. And this is supposed to happen." Mm. And she looked at me, and she looked at me and touched my chest, and I moved, and she said, "You've been somewhere before." Mm. And I said, um, I have. She said, baby, I'm going to help you. Mm. And she gave me her, her card. And her husband said, man, my name is Jim. He gave me his card, man. Um, he said, man, call here. Because remember, at the time, I was twirling Verizon wireless signs. Greg. Mm-hmm. You know, so they gave me, they, they gave me it to me. Um, they gave me the address at the old county jail downtown. I met, um, I met um, Ronald Lawrence. I met Poncho Hodges. I met um, Ron, Ron, Ron Perlman. I met Charlie. You know they call Jax. Um, um, Katie Segal. You know Kurt Sutter. Uh, me and Katie were in the same book called Moments of Clarity. Um, a friend of mine who was my neighbor. His name was Christopher Kennedy Lawford. He was fucking JFK's nephew and Peter Lawford's son, and that was my neighbor. And um, he asked me to be a part of his book, which became a bestseller for like 14 weeks. And um, when they saw me like, DJ, what are you doing here? I said, man, I met them. They want me to be uh, on the show. Like, we getting ready to do a prison scene. Um, you think you can help us out with it? And I'm like, that's how it started. Mm. Oh, so wow. I, I, I've been with SAG after ever since. I, I'll, say, I'll um, say something else that impressed me about you. Uh, you learn golf. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I played. I played that golf. Played last week, actually. Wow. You know. So, oh yeah. Um, let me tell you, man. So, um, it's for all your listeners too, man. You know. Um, I started making a lot of money, easy money, with the TV shows. Um, I got um, I forgot I got called up I need to make more I need to make more Um, I wasn't happy you know um, it just I just wasn't feeling right but um, and I and I ran to his cat um, in Venice Beach and he told me what you have is not equate your self-efficacy. 
what I don't know this dude. He said, what you have does not equate your self-efficacy. Build a solid foundation. And from there, it's like, I don't even know this dude. He just stopped me and told me, you know, I guess I was radiating from, from foulness or something, right? But I still didn't remember, I'm 36 years old and I'm still have the mentality of a 19-year-old. And um, I just, I said, you know, I, I want to be different. I want to be different. This can't, I can't let that, that 17 years be in vain. And from there, man, um, um, I continued to twirl Verizon wireless signs at 8.50 an hour. And I had a lot of money in the bank and I'm still making 8.50 an hour. Um, learning how to date. Um, some of the homies had called me and said, man, you still, you still, uh, one of my homies just got out, he just got out and said, man, um, you still doing the rap stuff? I'm like, nah, man, you know, I'm fucking with that too old. He's like, man, you, you still got it, man. Because if you do a show in the penitentiary, motherfuckers boo you. You're you going to see him later on that day, you know? So um, ain't no walking around and, and you know, um, and so they're going to ride you for 10 years, you know, or whatever it may be. So we went to the studio and we started recording some songs, you know, and, um, and um, that's when I, um, I had gotten got back in contact with you again, Greg, um, through the social media. And um, a friend of mine was a professor at the University of Ankara um, in Turkey, Ankara, Turkey. And um, so from the TV shows, being, being on a Hollywood Christmas parade, my PO actually seeing me on the float, me and Lorna Scott, he called me in and said, um, what are you doing? I said, man, um, I was at a parade, man. I made my curfew. He said, man, get you a lawyer. Um, I, I, I saw you. I, I, I don't need you on my caseload no more. And, um, and from there, man, um, the same judge been there 20 years. What He died, but the other one who took his place, she said, keep doing God's work. Um, during, during this time, um, I went to my neighborhood and knocked on everybody's door that I did know and said, I'm, I'm Kathy's son. I want to apologize for my part in this. They said, what are you doing? I said, I, I helped make our neighborhood un unsafe and I'm sorry for my part. I said, I just got out of prison and, I, and, um, and I'm so sorry for what I've helped create. You know, and they like, keep doing God's work. I knocked on Mr. Garcia's door told me to get the fuck off my porch that's what you're the reason why you're one of the reason why i can't sell my house i said i'm sorry and other people said continue to do god's work so i'm starting to make amends to my community and apologizing for my behavior and being a part and making the neighborhood dangerous but then all of a sudden um these tv shows started to air and people started to see me like the homie ghost just got in prison. This motherfucker on TV now. And then stuff like that. So when I spoke with Greg, when I first came home, um, a cat named Fred, who was my neighbor, um, is my neighbor's father, said, um, you have an amazing story, and I do like what you've done. I had four songs that weren't even mastered. He had me go to the University of Ankara in Turkey 
to perform in Ankara in Turkey. I performed in Bodrum, Izmir. Um, I went to Pumakali. I went to Truva. I performed at all these local clubs. I felt like you would have thought that I sold 20 million albums. I had four singles, four, four BS that weren't even mastered. This is all instrumentals with my with my ad libs on it. And, and I had fun out there. And um, I came back and um, I, I spent um, a month, almost two months in, in Europe, went to Germany, all these different places. And it's like, man, I'm from the project. How did this happen? Um, and then, um, from, from my birthday, I called Greg, he was like, man, we're doing a show at the Key Club, and, um, that's where I performed at the Key Club a, a couple of times, but now I get to watch my childhood friends do it, you know, and, um, uh, and I watched them grow, man. That's dope. So tell yeah. me this, when you decided to write the book, what was your mm -hmm. process? Um, my from being the public speaker and traveling and doing that, people would always say, "You need to write a book." How do you write a book? I'm not an author. I'm not an author. Um, I, I I'm not I'm not a writer. They say you're 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 a good orator. You you know how to speak. Um, start chronologically. So I sat down from my computer for three years, man, and just wrote chronologically a story, and then start piecing that thing together so it can have meaning. You know, I didn't want to glorify the lifestyle. I want to tell you from my point of view, looking in, I want you to walk with me and saying that, um, you know, choices. But that's how I wrote that book, um, An Inside Job from Life and Amazing, Amazing Life. And um, I had a lot of support with it, you know, from the people I've done television shows with. Um, my friend, Kim Delaney. Um, hey, what's up, Kim? Um, she's, you know, from NYPD Blue and Army Wives great person good friend of mine i call him uncle lewis gossett jr um mm -hmm. you know lou, lou gonna see this right here we <laughs> facetime every morning every morning we facetime wow. and um yeah and um so the process was i'm working on my next one called dreaming out loud and um life took you know, life is good, man. You know, um, I went back to I went back to school, Greg. Wow. I finished high school. I finished I finished high school. Congratulations. The continuation, the continuation school. I graduated high school at 38, Greg. I, I wanted I wanted to, I wanted the ring I wanted the ring where I went to school at. I wanted my diploma to reflect where I went to school. I didn't mm -hmm. want the GED, I wanted a high school diploma. Mm -hmm. So I, I took I took the courses I took them home and I I, I completed high school at thirty eight on the back of on the back of my credits I graduated with three point three eight I went to I went to I went to school I went and got an AA degree mm. you know I got married I got kids <laughs> you know, just like you yeah I got you know got kids. Got divorced. Got a motorcycle. Yeah. Got a cool yeah. car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Left did, did all that, you know. So it's like, what, what, what kind of person I'm gonna be? My, you know, cats know me, you know, um, but they don't know me. And I think that from everything that I've been through, 
validates like this cat can if if this cat been through the ringer and look at look at him now because people don't know unless I tell them mm-hmm. unless they google me right so um yeah I got divorced that was a hard thing but I may not be a husband but I always be a dad my kids are behind that wall right there sleep nice. right now you know with the little braids in the hair um that's that's what I do man and um um I want to I want to give back um I want to work. So the funny thing about it was that there was a position open for a clinical supervisor in a jail. Mm. I put I put my resume in. Mm. Yeah. I worked there for three years. Wow. I worked in the I worked in the jail with 112 inmates. And some of the homies used to come through there, Greg. And I said, if you, if you tell them my story, I'm gonna send you back to Chino. My story <laughs> is my story to tell. You will not call me DJ. You will not call me Ghost. You will not call me OJ. You will call me Mr. Verrett. My story is my story to tell. And the only one that knows this is the CC3. Mm. I said, so I will send you back to Kilpatria. I will send you back to Lancaster. Mm. Tell me, have your um, views on religion changed over the course of time? I, mean, I know a lot of time has passed and you went through so many different, you know, processes in your evolution or whatever. What was your views on yeah. religion as you progressed? Um, I did a lot of shoe time because I was a, I was a mess up, you know. Um, I did a lot of shoe time. So the only book they're going to give you, they're going to give you the Bible or the Quran. So I retain most of the information. Uh, I'm not a religious person at all. Not it's not for me, you know. It's not for me. Uh, my views on religion is is more of a tradition thing. I look at myself more of a spiritual person, which is the invisible part, which is connected to the thing called God, which God's invisible through you know through my my physical, my visible, and my invisible. I connect with the invisible is when I get out is when I get into my space. All right, so. One thing about that was was having that experience, having that experience of reading these books and and actually retaining a lot of that information. When I went to Turkey, I understood the 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 concept of of, of Islam. When I went to Greece, I understood the concept of Christianity. So when mm-hmm. I come back, I I um, Buddhism, you know the um, the um, the um, the Hindus. My friends are so diverse, man. It's like, how do you know DJ? Oh, DJ comes to the mosque. How do you know DJ? DJ comes to the church. How do you know DJ? He comes to the ashram. It's like, man, because I, I connect all these people together from different religions. It's like, because like pop that fucking, excuse my language, pop that fucking bubble. Get out your bubble. Mm. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So um religion and I, I i'm like you know that's your religion okay it's all good but we still gonna go play golf mm-hmm. hindu muslim christian atheist we're still gonna go so um mm-hmm. my view on religion is you know to use your way to me mine mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i like that mm-hmm. so tell me this out of everything you've been through, out of all your experience, 
what would you say is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? The best piece of advice, um, I can make it make a two part question um, is to um, don't regret the past. All right. Mm-hmm. And um, and and believe that you can do anything you set your mind to. It may sound cliche, you may have heard before, but that's the piece of advice. Don't make it for lost time and do not regret the past. You know, I have something to give to this universe, to you know, to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's and that that's what I'm I'm supposed to do. You know, um, I never imagined being a dad. You know, <laughs> two times I got that right. Two times <laughs> at the same know. time. Yeah, um, I got a chance to dream out loud. You dig what I'm saying? I, I got you know when you guys were doing your thing with the music. I'm in the penitentiary. I got out, I did the music, I had fun with it. It was fun, you know, I had no problem with it. You know, I got a chance to to, to do some things that, if this dude did that much time and, 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 and he's living the life he lives now, and I ain't never been to prison, but I tell cats, you've been in the prison of your own making right here. You know, you've been in the prison of your own making. So like, like I said, when I worked in that jail, it was like, look how far I came. You thought, I thought it was impossible, but it, it's possible. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And like when some when some of the homies come through and they see me like, you're the number two, you're, you're the clinical supervisor here? I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. From, from impossible to possible, you know? And I'm like, it takes discipline, man, it takes discipline. And um, and I tell them you can take my spot, but you got to you gonna have to stay diligent to it. And it's not easy. It's not easy. You got to connect yourself with men on a high vibration, high frequency, on a higher mindset. So if these cats hang around you long enough, Greg, and do what you do, they're gonna produce similar results as you. Mm-hmm. If I hang around the homies, I look like being 50 years old, hanging on, hanging on the second, chilling. The hell I look like. I need to be at home when Jeopardy come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, you know, that's um this is my religion right here. It's my tradition, go home. But my spiritual being is um is Abandon the life my distorted thinking created and live the life my soul intends me to live. I'm supposed to live like this right now. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Well, man, I want to uh, thank you for giving me this time. And I, uh, like I said, man, I feel bad that I never came and to your situation but you would hit me up on Tuesdays. And Sam was telling me every Tuesday. <laughs> Sam was like, yo, man, he said, hit him up, man. He said, hit him up. I'm like, man, I got to finish up these shirts and finish what I got going on here at the studio. <laughs> Get up to the, where we would do the, uh, cause we used to do the, uh, the podcast at a, at a live location. And then we, when uh, COVID and everything kind of jumped off, uh, we played with the zoom situation for a second. And then I kind of, I guess I kind of had the choice. 
whether we could be in there. You know what? I actually, we did go and do it in the studio. I think maybe a, a little bit when it first jumped off and then uh, Brown gave me the, the choice of doing Zoom. And when we first started out, it was raggedy, like like not on Brown or nothing like that, but just Jeremy and myself just trying to work it out and in, in, in <laughs> figuring it. But I'll tell you the crazy thing. Um, when COVID jumped off, one thing that made me feel good was that all these people that wanted to hop into the double dutch of podcasting and all you know the whole you know wanting to be internet this is that's in the in the third jeremy it was rough doing it but the progression was very easy because we can oh sorry about that Oh man, it says my internet say is unstable. I don't be knowing if Can that's you hear me now? whoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. Okay. Run that back again. Nah, that was me. It's it said my internet's unstable, which is whack because mine is never like that. But anyway, what, what I was saying is um because we had started doing splendid before COVID, once COVID jumped off and we couldn't go to the studio, the blessing was we were kind of in head uh, ahead of the game through what we had to kind of work through to kind of get the Zoom thing down a little bit. And um, I can remember going to Best Buy to get, I wanted to get a camera and I wanted to get some lighting. Oh, that was sold out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like everybody, like everybody was like, oh man, I'm going to be a podcaster. I'm going to be this, that, and the third. But uh, anyway, man, I want to uh, thank you for coming and uh, sharing your truth with us. Uh Let's give them give them your IG, your website, and, and one more thing before you do that. He also does photography, incredible photographer. That we didn't even. I, I kind of yeah. felt like you can't put everything somebody do in a <laughs> like, <laughs> not, like not everything, but he he's he's very talented cat. But uh, give your social media information and uh, anything you anybody you want to shout out, all that kind of thing. All right, yeah. Um, if you want um a copy of my book, go to www dot mrdj barrett v-e-r-r-e-t-t dot com and you can order all the merchandise the hats the, the hoodies the t-shirts my book um and my ig is um mr underscore ghost underscore low l-o-c and hit me up man um you know again you know i want to thank you splendid greg you know jeremy for inviting me to come on through Never feel bad about that because um, you're a responsible, grown-ass adult, and um, I want what you got, brother. I want what you got. You got a good nah, I feel bad, life. man. I, I feel like I should have been more bad. available, man. I, I really like, uh, in retrospect, you know. Nah, 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 man, nah, nah. You know, um, sometimes is life, life is... Life is in session, man. You know, you got a lot of stuff, so never, ever, ever feel bad of, of not of reaching out because you do call me, I call you. You call me, I call you. I called you and like, actually one day I was like, man, where's this motherfucker at? He's, this motherfucker ain't taking my call. Come to find out y'all was on tour. <laughs> in, in, a diff, in a different continent, you know? And, and, when you, and when you hit me back, it's like, man, um, we were in like Germany some damn where. I'm like, oh, all right, you know, you know, it's all good, man. But never, never, ever, ever feel bad. Um, you um you 
he gave me my 39th birthday at the key club and, and you know i got a chance to see you guys do that you know um um yeah. like i said from the from beginning you know 30 30 some 35 years ago um look at look at what we're doing right now we're talking via internet you got your show you're doing what you're doing that's a blessing man and um all i do is you and jeremy man you know need, need more brother need more brothers like you man smooch no nah, that's tight and, I, and, I, and i'll say this uh, before we get get to jeremy uh man it was a lot of characters that we grew up with you know we just even though we we chose different paths we were on the on a similar vibration we just chose different paths but it's a lot of cats that i grew up with that man if my phone rang and i looked down and saw the number it'd be like all right you know <laughs> you're one of those numbers if i wasn't picking up i was literally doing something and, and it's so funny because sam he would say it to me. He'd be like, yeah, man, I just talked to OJ, man, whatever, whatever. And I'd be like, man, I got to get these shirts out. I got to do whatever, whatever. But you're definitely one of those calls that I've never looked at the phone and been like, oh, man, whatever. It's literally been something going on. And I'm just like, man, I got I to gotta get this handled. But no, nah, man, love you like a brother. I appreciate your growth. You know what I'm saying? Um, I try to find, because of, because of my story, I try to find motivation and things of encouragement in people as well as situations. And I can say your situation has definitely been uh, amazing to me. Once again, even if you did come out with hate or, 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 you know, or, or anger or whatever it was about your scenario, I never saw it. You know what I'm saying? Which was never. a great example, you know, to me. You yeah, know. I was not upset. I was not upset. I accepted responsibility for my actions, my behaviors. And because of that, my values, my beliefs, and my associates have actually changed. And that's why I got a chance to thrive because I have nobody holding me down. Everybody that I know is uplifting me and cheering me on. Mm -hmm. You dig what I'm saying? And um, and, and that's what it is. You see, one thing I do know, I'm going to share with you before. Um, I know you guys get ready to go, but is ain't nothing wrong, man, while being a copycat as long as you copy the right cat. You dig what I'm saying? Copy the right cat, and 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 that's and that's what it boils down to right there. See, right now our palm our palms gonna be down because we got to teach these those who act like they don't know, but who who say they know but don't act but don't know. You know, God can still be that conduit, be that be that catalyst for that for that positive growth. So hopefully one day they'll wake up and and their values and beliefs change. And say, you know what? I'm ready to live versus survive. Fuck survive. I want to live. Excuse my language. Oh, good. Jeremy, anything you want to shout out? Oh, man. No, nothing on my end. I'll just say, uh, <laughs> um, Jeremy Comedy, uh, at Jeremy Comedy on Instagram, uh, Jeremy Scipio, S C I P P I O dot com for everything else. Dang. Oh, and, and a Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah, all that good stuff. And uh, happy new year. Uh, don't be mad at 2020. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> we learned a lot. We learned a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. We all learned a lot. Yeah. Boy, did we. Well, no, nah, man, thank you, gentlemen. And we're going to do it again because uh, as you continue to evolve, uh, DJ, we're going to throw you back into the rotation and come back and support you and, you know, shout out the things that you have going on. So, no, nah, man, this was Splendid Radio.